This is the Are You Screwed podcast. 12 to 3 is going to be an entire stadium of sad drunks at Rutgers Stadium. Three-star recruit. I'd upgrade him to about 3.14159. I call him the pie man. There was like a screw pretty much lodged in my ass the rest of the game. Uh, um, I mean, like, yes. The Are You Screwed podcast. Arriba! 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 Puka Williams doesn't have any toes on one of his feet. What? No, not, stop it! Baker's Quakers. The Are You Screwed podcast. This is a disaster. Yes, a new permanent addition to the soundboard. Uh, welcome, one and all, to another episode of the RU Screw Podcast. Congratulations to all Scarlet Knights fans out there. We are winners of the 2020 Chum Bucket. Uh, it's Max and Adam here. Danny, you'll hear him throughout, I'm sure, now Now that we've got that clip. Um, Matt, uh, Mike may join us at some point. We don't know. No idea. Um, we got, we've, got a, we've got a guest for you on this episode, our resident bracketologist, Brad Wachtel. Yes, it is It is not too early to talk bracketology in Rutgers basketball. Oh, of course uh, it is, got, but it's, it's not, well, it's obviously not too early to talk Rutgers well, basketball. It's definitely too early to talk bracketology, but why maybe, not? Maybe, maybe, maybe not, right? Who cares? Who cares? So we're going to talk maybe potential uh, NCAA tournament places for Rutgers. Uh, Brad gave us a very good interview. You'll hear that in a little bit. Um, but Max, we're coming off the high of the Chum Bucket win. You know what's funny? When we started the podcast, and I've I've repeated this over and over again, I said that no matter what happens around Rutgers sports, we'd rather them be good. But if they're not, you know, if Rutgers football, men's basketball aren't going to be good, we're still going to have fun. We're going to have more fun if they're actually good. I never envisioned that those days would actually come, that we're sitting here like after a win on the road in the Big Ten in football and a win at Maryland in basketball. Like, I, I almost don't know what to do. Like, it, we we have teams that are, we have a men's basketball team that's like a top 20 team definitely and top 15, 10. I don't know, a football team that's, I mean, you can do this all the time with football, but they're a couple plays away from being five and three, like off of the Chris Ash era. Like, what is going on? Uh, it's just like, I don't even know where to start. Like, do, do we start with football? I think we have to start with football, but we could start with basketball. We act like Who, we've never, well, sta- we have what? never started with basketball before. You, when we've had you the put choice. a, you put a poll out about what we should start this episode with. If I remember <laughs> correctly from today and you know what, why don't for once we do whatever the people voted for and we'll actually we'll actually listen to them. Uh, 75% of respondents said how to pronounce Omarui is how we should start the uh, the podcast. That's a great that's a great starting place because I'll even just say it right now we we didn't get we taped the interview with Brad before we actually did the beginning of this and Brad went with Amori when he mentioned his name once on the last name. So we will get to football, we'll get to basketball, but the people have spoken they would probably thought we wouldn't do it. Let's do it. What the hell is this kid's actual last name? So during the FDU game, uh, the second game of the season, I think it was on a Friday night. It was the day after Thanksgiving, I think. And on the broadcast, I think we were, you know, people, they, they kept saying Amori. And we're sitting there like, that's not his name. And then 
on the broadcast, I want to say it was Lisa Byington, I can't remember who it was, said that they were told, um, either, I don't know if it was from the media guide or from an SID, that his name was pronounced Amori. And then we're all sitting there like, okay, well, you know, it's we we spent years trying to figure out how to say Eugene Omarui. We finally figured it out. And now we have to say this guy's name differently. And okay, fine, it's Amori. It's actually, I guess, a little easier to say than Omarui. And then last night on Twitter, or this is we're doing this on Tuesday night, after the game against Maryland, uh, Cliff was there on Twitter replying to someone and saying, no, it's Omarui. So I guess that's how you say his name. You say Omarui. After all, all right, so we're we're, we're going to go with Cliff Omarui from from now on. Um, the question you know, is, wait, who's who's who, what happened? What who's happened? Why did some what, did someone say it was a Mori? Is it a simple miscommunication or a deep conspiracy? Here's my here's my theory. Okay, it is a conspiracy that goes all the way to the top to Steve Peichel. Now, we all thought it was kind of strange that Eugene Omarui. You know, as Rutgers fans call him, he's a traitor. The captain, he left. He abandoned his team. And when they had another guy with the same name come in, they didn't want him to have the same last name. They wanted it to sound different. So what they did was, no, this is how you don't pronounce it the same. We're not going to invoke, evoke, evoke. We're not going to evoke memories of Eugene Omarui. We're going to make this kid's last name entirely different, even if it's not the correct way to say it. We're going to make it Amori. And then Cliff got wind of it. He said, no, my name is Omarui. Or it's a simple miscommunication. I prefer my theory. I think I'm right. Let the people decide. I put stuff out there, and I let the people decide. I, I, I would, all I'm upset about, I want to let you in on the process, people, of how the sausage is made on this on this uh, shit show of this podcast and, and where ideas come from. Um, so as always, we like songs, right? I'm not going to lie. There there was some thought and some basic. I hadn't gotten very far, but if we were going to continue to call him Amare, there was going to be some a little, uh, <laughs> that's Amare. If, they, if and, they beat Illinois, I actually have a very basic, dumb song I'm going to make for okay. next week. They have, to be, right. they have to beat Illinois. Okay. Um, so you know what? Maybe should we talk football on the way back end, and should we should we reverse this? Should we go since we're already talking about basketball? Nah, I, I don't know. It's hard. What I feel do you like do? I, feel, I don't know. I you know it's like we have a choice. Like 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 it's like in the past it was like uh well you know obviously with the scheduling right like football and basketball generally aren't going on at the same time where you know I know basketball is generally played in November but. You, you've been able to ignore Rutgers basketball in November for 20 years. Um, and even like next year, if everything gets back to normal, I'm sorry, I don't really care if you're playing Boston and Sacred Heart. I'm going to be paying attention to football, and we're going to be talking football here. But now it's like, I really don't know. I really don't know where we should start. I don't know. <laughs> now I want to ask I, you about Danny there, all right? Okay, yeah, in, go ahead. In that sound. Does that sound like someone celebrating a victory or does it sound like someone who's being murdered and he's being murdered by Greg Schiano and he has one syllable to get out and he wants to let, it's like in a movie and he wants to let everyone know who's killing him and he only has one syllable. So he says, <laughs> I was about to say, he sounds like 
he was just pushed out of a window by Greg Schiano, and that was what his last word was going out of the building. But but it's to, it's to let everyone know. It's like a clue to let yeah. everyone know that it was Schiano. All, all we're missing at the end of that is we could we could eventually edit it on in is the splatter at the end. <laughs> and, and that's what would happen. That's the best I have. Um, so yeah, so I mean. Chum bucket. I guess let's let's talk a little chum bucket action. Rutgers Rutgers football has has won their third game of the season. Um, it is it's crazy to think about. It was another um, game that started off being like, wow, this is this is going to be interesting for you know three and a half four hours, and it got fun. Got fun. Was entertaining. Um, we saw Art Sikowski come back in and and take the reins and lead Rutgers to a victory. And then more importantly, Valentino Ambrosio. Yes, he is now. uh, Gaetano Panuccio. Yep, the long-lost cousin of Gaetano Panuccio strikes again. And uh, a nice overtime win uh, for for Rutgers football. You know what? Another fun Saturday. Another interesting enough Saturday where – this is the new norm. This is the new norm. Kind of crazy. Yeah, just super cash, winning a Big Ten game on the road, and then you come up with basketball on Monday and just win at Maryland. You know, that's just that's just how we roll. That's just how Rucker Sports is is now. I honestly don't really remember much from the football game. Like I remember the overtime, and I remember the first half being boring and no one could move the ball. We were so close to the Frank Beamer GIF of zero zero celebration. At halftime, that Virginia Tech we were Wake very Forest. close to getting to put that out. It was like Virginia Tech Wake Forest from a long time ago. Yeah, zero zero. At the, no, at the end of regulation, I think that game was. It was yes, yeah, it was end of regulation yeah. going into overtime. Zero zero. I mean, we were. It felt like we were on track for that. Watching the the you know the first quarter and most of the second quarter as well too. And then um, the second half yeah. just exploded. Both teams were were yeah just, they were they awesome. they did. I mean, I don't know, you know, takeaway wise again. Like I don't. I don't love having the, uh, the quarterback controversy discussion on this podcast. We really, we really don't do that. Um, uh, Scheming McSchemerson did dial up a couple of trick plays that trick plays that that worked. Um, so you had that going for Rutgers, and at the end, you got you got Greg Schneider crying. We got him crying on the field afterwards. Do you dial up trick plays? I know you dial up a blitz. Like, like, is that the? Do you, do you say is that is that the word? Do you, you usually yeah, you hear? What do you dial up? You dial up a phone and you dial up a blitz. I don't know if you dial up trick plays. Trick plays. Why do you dial up a blitz? Is it and is it like an old rotary phone that you dial up a blitz on? Well, I guess everybody says you go into your bag of tricks for trick plays, right? So you don't dial it up. You just go into the into the bag of tricks. Oh, it's you go you 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 reach into the bag of you tricks. Reach you reach into dial the bag up. of tricks. That's good. That's good. So you know you're you're reaching for the play on offense, and I don't I don't I don't, dial up. Yeah, I don't. But a lot of times it'll be like some be like, oh, they they dialed up this fake punt. I don't know why did that mm. why did that come into existence? No, you reach you don't dial up a fake punt. You reach I, into the bag of tricks. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we are we're <laughs> we're off and running on this one. <laughs> I honestly don't remember much of the game. I remember no, I remember I Vedro getting hurt. I remember yeah. Art coming in. And here here's a question. I, I don't know if I want to do the quarterback controversy thing. And I guess it depends on like what level you want this team to win at. Do you think that next year's starting quarterback is on the roster right now? 
if you uh-huh. had like if you if, if you had to guess what Greg Schiano and the coaching staff is thinking as far as you know the transfer portal this year is going to be crazy right no one's losing a year of eligibility players are getting more rights I think the NCA is very close to ratifying the new rule where you get basically one free transfer like you get in every other sport which of course you should because you know you shouldn't be forced to play for a coach you don't want to play for uh, pay the players but like do you do you think that based on this season looking at this roster that at the level that we know that Greg Schiano wants to win at do you think the quarterback of the future is on this roster I would say probably not I'm going to say no just because it's so much fun every year getting to play the name game with Mike of who the actual starting quarterback is going to be and just confusing him to no end and him just making things up that he clearly doesn't know. Not that we know anything, too, about any of the quarterbacks when the season is about to start. But, yeah, I mean, Art Sikowski does look different this year. I, I can't say, you know, and we still don't know at the time of taping this and we'll probably won't know until, I mean, God damn it, that game has now moved to a night game. We don't even need to complain that much about it, but I would have taken four o'clock, but we still probably don't know who the quarterback is going to be until they're about to take their first snap on Friday. Uh, it's college sports. And it, like, you don't right. know, like you, there's no requirement of putting so, out an injury. We didn't even know Vedra was hurt against Purdue. Wait, yeah. was that Purdue? No, was that Purdue? I, yeah, yeah, it was pretty. We didn't know he, Purdue. We didn't know until oh look, Art's walking onto the field. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even think Cratch or anyone no, the, reported the, it. The, the the broadcasters didn't even know on on that one. So yeah, I mean, I would I would venture to say that the starting quarterback for next year probably isn't on this roster right now. But th- you know, I mean, Art still seems like a viable option to me. I, I can't talk too much about. Noah Vedral's, you know, season overall. It is what it is. If I don't know what to say about could, that. If they could, like, give Noah Vedral Art Sitkowski's arm strength. Oh, that'd be if awesome. You could, if, you, if you could take, if you could, okay, I'm sorry to Art Sitkowski, but if you could amputate Art Sitkowski's arm, okay, and his, like, and he's got good footwork and everything, too, Art, uh, amputate that. Put it on Noah Vedral. You've got an NFL quarterback. Probably. Yeah. And I mean, it's 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 kind of crazy. I forget if I've just texted this to you guys or if I've said it on the pod before. But like, when Noah Vedral throws these like flutter balls to the sideline and they just kind of like hang up there, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is going to be a pick six. It just gets to the exact perfect spot. It's crazy uh, how accurate he is w- w- without having the arm strength. But yeah, I, I tend to I tend to also say that I, I don't think the quarterback of the future is on the roster. Other than that, we've got a game against Nebraska. We why aren't we fighting with Nebraska fans? Like, why, well, what are we on. doing? Why, why aren't we? Can, we? can we go back to Maryland for one second? And oh, then we can we'll move we, on. I, we can do whatever. We, don't I know have, we can go since, back and since, forth. But since I when? We, I, yeah, and I know we jump all over the place. Uh, and we can go get to, to the Nebraska talk and discuss whose corn is better and all that stuff. I'm sure we will. Um, but do you owe um, myself, Danny Breslauer, um, just the people in general? an apology for thinking that uh, uh, Ami Fanau, I think I'm pronouncing his name terribly wrong. Um, it was a dirty play when he, he went and tackled Noah Vedral. Oh, we're doing that. Uh, I mean, it's football. Like I, I don't like, I'm not saying, you know, how often that stuff happens and you don't see it. Like, I'm, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not dirty, but man, like I, I think that people do not understand that they are watching. You are watching human cockfighting. Like if you've never, I don't disagree. If you've never stood, and this is going to sound really arrogant. If you've never stood on the sideline for like a college football game, man, like it is 
terrifying. I I stood on the sideline for a Giants game once when I was interning at, at, at ABC back in college, and that was an even other level. That was like that was that was terrifying, even beyond standing on the sideline of a college football game. That was fifteen years. Wow, that was almost fifteen years ago. Like the guys are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster now. This is human cockfighting. I am not excusing what the Maryland defensive tackle did, but like that's just football. Like. One of the things I miss about uh, being at Rutgers games is kind of, is talking and, and you know, doing the stats in person for Carlin and, and, and the radio guys is like talking to Ray Lucas before the game and just kind of like getting stories from him about playing in the NFL and like just ridiculous things that would happen in fumble piles and things that like guys like Bill Romanowski would do in a fumble pile. And it's like, this is human cockfighting. You can't, like, he, he twisted his leg. I'm not saying he should do that, but, man, like, this is football. This is an insane sport, and I just, I don't know. I don't really, when it comes to the violence of football, I just don't have the, I'm not going to be aghast at pretty much anything that happens on a football field. Now, more importantly then, which is, I think, a fair take, and honestly, I still don't even know the original point that Noah Vedral hurt his ankle. It may have been when he was first tackled for all we know. We really don't know. But I want to let's let's go back into the memory tank here. When is the last time that you did something wrong and you were made to write an apology letter for? Because that is exactly what happened and what Mike Loxley made this kid do is Adult, adult, no, no, he's not a kid. He's an adult professional violence man. Okay. (laughs) Like, like, let's, let, let's not, let's not feed into this college sports nonsense. He is a giant pro professional football player who did something he probably shouldn't have done. And, and his coach called up Greg Schiano to basically hand the phone to him to make him apologize. But Greg didn't answer. So Mike had to leave a message and be like, Hey, Greg, call me back. Clearly he didn't want the kid staying around. So he made the kid, the guy, the, uh, again, professional, professional, professional football violence player. man. Yes. Write an apology letter to Greg Schiano being like, that's not what we do at Maryland. I'm sorry. The whole, the whole nine yards. When's the last well, it time? Clearly is what they do at Maryland. Cause they were like, they, they were look, they, they were really pushing the lines of what football is the entire game. They had a lot of kind of late hits and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, man, I don't love it. My relationship with football is complicated. Um, but this board is insane, and I just, I don't know. Like I, 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 The violence in football is just something that, if you really start thinking about it, these are 18 to 22-year-olds uh, getting brain damage for our entertainment um, in exchange for college credits and, like, food. So, like, All right, but so, but more, more importantly, then, what is? Can you remember the last time you ever had to write an apology letter for something? When, when, I cannot, I cannot. It, it has to be like middle school. I don't, I can't remember the last time I had to write an apology letter. Yet alone being somewhere between the ages of eighteen and twenty-two. I'm thinking, pro, like I feel, I was in this fifth grade class, and we were very. Um, you're very poor student like not we weren't no i mean we were good students we were very disruptive um and we like oh looking back like we were so it was like the school needed a teacher at the last minute and they moved a teacher from first grade to fifth grade and it's like there's a big difference between fifth graders and first graders and we were 
very disruptive. We were terrible, and it will not shock you uh, to know that I was probably the worst kid in the class. <laughs> so, like, looking back, I probably had to write an apology letter for something that year. I don't really remember. Uh, but, yeah, I don't... I don't really like the whole uh, making him write an apology letter like he's a child thing when, you know, he's a professional violence man. This is professional football, and, you know, we can get into all of that. But, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that that bothered me a little bit. That, uh, get out of here. That's all good. I, I, don't, I, I don't blame you. So now uh, my, my, my next question was today is a great day and a great example in something that you love, which is sports fans getting angry about something so insignificant in relation to their team. And today we had the Big Ten, all Big ten team come out, and there were no Rutgers football players, and all was at a slight against Rutgers. Max. Where's Bo Melton? Where is he? Oh. Oh, where's Bo? <laughs> Esther could not have been pleased that Bo Melton was left off. I, uh, I couldn't get in touch with her. Um, I couldn't get in touch uh, with, with, with Esther this week, but yeah, you've disrespected my sports team. My guy was not on your list. There are six receivers on the list. How can one of them not be Bo Milton? I mean, to be fair, he should be there. Like, he's got the numbers oh, for, yeah, it. He's, yeah, all for it. He's got the punt return. He's got one punt return touchdown, I think. Maybe two. I don't remember. And he's also yeah. got the rushing touchdown. He might have two rushing touchdowns. I don't know. He He should have been there. Also, who gives a shit? Right, like, like, like leads- what? What is this whole? I, I, and Adam, we can actually get more into this because it goes into a, a, kind of a funny thing that happened after the game when people were getting angry about uh, what the the Maryland defensive tackle did did to Noah Vedral. You had the same reaction that I did. It was like I completely forgot about that because Rutgers just won its third game in the Big Ten, winning a road game in overtime. You're still talking about the defensive tackle. Who gives a shit? Rutgers is winning football games. We're really gonna still do like the victimized fan. Like it's so weird to me. You have good teams. Like you're winning. Why are you still doing the victimized fan thing? It's so weird. Who cares? Yeah, I don't, they don't I respect don't. us enough. People are starting to respect Rutgers in the Big Ten, regardless of whether or not you're on the list. You don't always have to be disrespected. It doesn't know, like, what is that? Why do people? Not everything is a conspiracy against your team, but it is. In all reality, it is, though. Let's let's be honest. There's no doubt um, there is a conspiracy against all Rutgers sports. Why is this fun for people? Like, I, like I know when I talk, say this stuff, it's like, oh, that's just being a fan. Why? Why is that? Why is that the default fandom is to just be a victim all the time and just be mad about something all of the time? Like finding someone to be mad at. You disrespected my sports team. Like, I, I guess it's just because you want to, like, there's no games going on and you can only say Rutgers is so great so often. So you need to find something to do Rutgers related. And the easiest thing is just to be mad at someone on the internet. Like, why don't, what, like, I just, I don't understand the sports fans need to be like a victim all the time it just doesn't seem fun to me like I, what, like why why i don't know i think i really stopped caring about i mean the big thing is obviously officiating that's what everybody always the officials are always out to get your team i pretty much stopped caring or thinking 
that if it's been a while, I can't even remember the last time it may, we may have to go back to the end of the St. John's Rutgers games at Madison square garden. When I was a, a senior uh, calling that game for WRSU for the last time where I was like, that was the worst officiating I've ever seen. They must hate Rutgers. Jim Burr must really hate Rutgers. Like, I'm kind of past that as an adult now, and I really don't think officiating really matters that much in these games where I'm like willing to be like, those bastards ruined the game for us. And I just see that constantly. I know it's like a small no, I don't it's even know not. It's no, no, it's not. Portion. But to me, like there there's a difference between there's plenty of bad officiating out there. And you can Which call out and, and you can call out bad officiating. What I what I get what, what I think is funny is when it's like it's not just bad officiating, it's like it's a an obvious conspiracy against your team. Like like it's like and it's like it's done worst, on it's done on you do you know how fast thing? these guys are moving? Do you know how hard it would be to like actually have a conspiracy and officiating against your team? Like the worst to me is when you your team wins, like you said, and you still go back to something that is like so negative. Like it'll be like Rutgers, no thanks to the refs, found a way to beat Maryland. Like, come on, guys. That's another one what of my favorite. That, that was happening during the first if, if we want to talk some basketball. That was happening during the first half of the Rutgers Maryland game where people hadn't started to complain about the foul disparity yet. But I oh, looked but at it, there. but I saw it, but I saw it coming. And it's like that's one of the funnier things to me in basketball where it's like sometimes there's bad officiating, but like the fact that there is a foul disparity doesn't necessarily mean that it's unfair. Like sometimes your team just commits more fouls than the other team. Sometimes it's bad officiating, but more often than not, it's just your team's committing a lot of fouls. Like where did people get this idea that the number of fouls called on each team had to be even? Where did that come from? Why? Like how, why did people just like, it's so weird to me. Like, again, sometimes there's bad officiating. And sometimes, you know, it's it's skewed by being on the road where the, the, the raucous home crowd will influence referee officiating. It's been shown to happen in the NBA, college basketball. Like, it's, it is absolutely a thing. But it's sometimes it's fair. And it's like, why? I guess my question is, why do people feel that the foul disparity that there has that like the, the for in order for it to be a fairly officiated game the fouls have to be the same like Rutgers and Maryland in football on Saturday Maryland I don't have the numbers in front of me Maryland had a shitload more penalties than Rutgers did is that unfair the penalty dis- no one ever talks about the right, penalty disparity in football and all they talked about in the Penn State game was them missing a couple holding in calls and which I agree with again you can critique officiating I think what really bothers me is when the, when fans get to the point of like that dramatically altered the game and I can prove it let's go back and look at the film like though no, like there's a million other things that could change the trajectory of, of athletic competition like let's like chill out there as a pruder so you know relax um but yeah so so that was yeah i, I got into it with a, a few rutgers people i think you you joined in on the fun as well too in terms of the dirty player not dirty play and like going after the college football player on online to like prove a point which is what it is whatever i, I don't like that portion of the fan base or anybody that does that, like you could, I, I don't mind joking. I think again, there were some nasty insults thrown the kids away. Like people were literally like, that's assault. Like he should be arrested type deal. Like what do you watch fucking football? Every weekend? <laughs> I, I actually think that would be interesting is, is if we like, we, we had, we had, 
um, we had like some police on the sideline, and every time there is felonious assault on the field, they come out and arrest the player. You'd have nobody left by the end of the game. Like, is it's it's human cockfighting? I think I'm stealing that yeah. phrase from. Is that? I think that's the Dan Lebetard phrase. I forget who I'm stealing that from. This is it's human cockfighting. Like this is a ridiculous sport, and yeah, again, that's just another weird thing that people do. Like, wh- why, why the the vile anger in sports? I'm not saying you don't have to be like like you can be disappointed when your team loses, but like the the anger, like oh this guy, like uh, you know, go to hell, guy. Like, I don't and know. again, I'm told I I understand the irrational fan in the middle of rooting for your team during competition. I can forgive those instances. That and believe me, as somebody who has said loads of dumb shit on Twitter, like I sympathize with that and totally understand. What I rarely understand is again later like an hour removed from a game i'm usually pretty calm i'm usually pretty cool and there aren't many things that like are bothering me at that point those are the people where i'm like wow you gotta reevaluate a lot of shit in your head it's such it's such a a dumb thing to laugh at but when you said i had completely forgot i laughed out loud when you said you completely forgot about it because it's like of course you forgot about it who right right. i'm (laughs) celebrating the chum bucket victory and i'd say you know I, Debbie you know, Downer I, over here I, is like, hey, remember that dude who tried to snap his ankle off? I'm like, yeah, okay, but like, whatever. I, I, um, I remember what the f- I just completely lost my train of thought. That's that's really embarrassing. I really have no idea you, what I was you about wanna, to say. You want a a mid uh, mind melt trivia question to kind of break things up right now? Because I got one. For sure, you. go ahead. Okay, uh, this is related to 2020. Can you name? the 2020 Rutgers football captains for the entire season that were just named today on the way day that we're taping. Okay. I did. I do remember two of them. Um, I've got Bo Melton is one of them. Okay. Adam Corsack is another. Our sweet hunting prince. Yes. Lawrence Stevens is another one. Okay. And there's one and more. There's one and there's one more. Had something to do with what we talked about last week. On had the, something on the to do with what we talked about on the podcast I don't know um I really can I can I get a hint of some kind making a, a number hand gesture for you right now oh Olakunle Fadakasi give me yes. the give me 03. the 03 03 but I found it funny like why were they naming like they didn't name captains before the season uh, so a lot of times, so actually Shiano talked about this earlier in the season. Uh, he was asked about captains and he's like, yeah, sometimes do it before the season. Sometimes we'll do it at the end of the season. Sometimes we don't do it at all. Interesting. Um, I didn't know. I just thought it was an odd timing to be like, here are our captains for 2020. We have maybe one game left. So yeah, I don't know. I found that, found that a little strange, but. Uh, yeah, so I guess Max passed with flying colors. No surprise there. Which uh, is, uh, yeah, no, because I, I remember looking through the media guide. I, I have it in front of me. That's what I just uh, got up to get. And there was a year where under Greg Schiano where they had no captains. Like so, and we've talked. Interesting. Before, we've talked before about how like I mean I've talked before about I understand why the players care about the captains. Why the hell do the fans care about the captains? I don't know. Does anybody actually care about the captains? Uh, I think people do. Remember when? Remember when uh, Raheem Blackshear 
uh, oh, decided he wasn't playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, Eugene Omarui, like the captain's leaving when, you. When you've got that C on the jersey, you you take on a responsibility and you can't abandon your teens when you've got that C on the jersey. I don't there know. Were, there were definitely times. Shout out to Philly's Birds guy, by the way. So that <laughs> is a times. very deep cut in the RU Screw podcast lore, but shout out to Philly's Birds guy. That, I don't I think I don't that. think I don't think C on the Jersey guy was Philly's birds guy, but it just reminded me of if Philly's birds guy is listening, uh, give us give us a, a reply on Twitter. If I'm going back in the the mental playbook in my head here of times with Danny Breslauer at WRSU, there were definitely times I was the arrogant prick on our show who'd be like, let me tell you, when I was a captain of the Marlboro High School varsity <laughs> baseball team, as if like I could relate to anything that these players are going through. Get the fuck out of you. You used to do that. Oh, I, I, I guarantee you I did it probably multiple be- times. There's no doubt I did. Like I was just like the the dumbest prick out there when it came to like the sports talk world like because when I was danny to... does that dan because daniel daniel oh, oh yeah danny still me. compares anything that it, we relate to sports to his playing time back at a group one high school i think today um, he said he he uh he shoots threes like Giannis santetacumbo yeah yeah um, so like comparing himself to a guy that got a 228 million dollar contract but and it's go like, ahead, Dan. you know one of the i don't know 20 greatest basketball players of all time you know. yeah but you know he can compete with them okay so I'm gonna <laughs> when i was the captain of the moral <laughs> High School base, but you were voted captain. Congratulations on that! Uh, as, as a uh, as a as a junior and okay. a senior, double two two. two it, would, it, it would have been funny if you were a captain as a junior, and then your teammates your senior, senior. You're like, yeah, no, fuck yeah. this guy. No, no, unfortunately, it's not as good of a story. Okay, I'm gonna give you another. I'm gonna give you a multiple choice question right now. Oh, nice. Since I'm in the mood to to ask you questions on this on this episode. All right, so theoretically, we're going to go into the prediction sphere right now. Rutgers finds a way to beat Nebraska on Friday. Rutgers is sitting at four and five in the Big Ten Conference. And, uh, you know, maybe some more teams have some more COVID issues coming up. Yada, yada, yada. Rutgers is going bowling in 2020. You can choose from the following three teams to play in a bowl game. Which one do you want to choose? Choice A, West Virginia. Choice B, Tennessee. Choice C, Texas. <laughs> um, oh, that's tough, man. That's really hard. I don't want Tennessee. I don't. I don't want. I, I'm sorry. Like I, I know people want to like they want to go play Clay Travis. I don't want any part of the of the Clay Travis Rutgers fan base. Though I do enjoy like the back and forth between he and Politi. I do like I do like Clay Travis and Politi as like. A, a, a battle. They could be, they could do the coin toss. I want it. You know what? I, I'm sorry. I want to beat the balls off of Chris Ash. Like, let's go play Texas. I, I right? also, I also, I also think that if they get a bowl invitation, they're going to decline it. I think, I think that Chiano seems like the kind of coach who would do that. And after, the, you know, everything they've been through this season, the physical toll, like, man, they, they have played nine games in nine weeks. And I, I just, I can't see. Not to mention they're playing on short rest this yeah, week. I, I like, just, it's just absurd. I don't think I don't think they're going to accept uh, a bull bit if they get one. But if they did, I I want Texas. I want I want to see Chris Ash on the other sideline, and I want to watch as the offense that his players that they couldn't coach to like do anything. You know, obviously with some additions they brought in Crookshank and he's been good and and Vedral and 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 they've had. You know other contributors, but I would love to beat the balls off of Chris Ash. 
That yeah, would be great. I think that'd be that'd be fun. Um, I don't want to do it on this episode. I do want to make a point though. Whenever this season ends, whether it's after Nebraska and we do it next week, or they magically go to a bowl game and and we'll we'll deal with that when the time comes. I do think I would like to do a look back episode at this this year of football and what we did and did not learn and get into the whole discussion of worth it. Not I, I think. This isn't the episode to do it. We don't have Mike here. I also want to think about guests for it. But there's like a lot of shit I've been thinking about lately where I've been enjoying this season a lot. But every, like you've talked about this before, you can't escape the COVID stuff. I think we do need to like have a actual real conversation with somebody at some point soon, hopefully. Because I th- I do think we have kind of lost kind of our, our place a little bit in, in this. And we've gotten sucked into how much fun wins are again which they are which they are they are but we yeah. could we could we can go away from the silly for a little bit down the road i see i i don't i don't know how much more there is to kind of get into that right like i think we've already kind of gone into that a lot and like i i was never steadfastly against sports this year what i was against was them playing it with the players having z- nobody really looking out for their well-being, and yeah, and and, I, I and we have a lot, a lot of people saying that they have their well-being in mind, but people, you know, there's obviously good people in college sports. I'm not saying everyone's bad, but like on the whole, it's this sport is run by a bunch of people who have shown time and time again that they are not to be trusted, and that was my objection to sports this year, and I still don't know exactly how I feel about all that. I don't know. I really, you know, we could talk. We'll talk about it so off, off there. We'll figure it out. On this I don't know. We don't it's 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 interesting. But if you have some stuff you want to yeah. get off, yeah, we'll 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 do it. Yeah, it doesn't. But it doesn't need to be on this one though, right now. Oh, okay, of course so not. We, no. We 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 figured out that again, if Rutgers can get to a bowl game, we want them to play Texas. By the way, in the latest bowl projections on one of the sites, um, they do have Rutgers uh, playing West Virginia out in Phoenix in the guaranteed rate bowl. I believe it God. is. Uh, on after day after Christmas, I'm with you. If they get if they win Friday, regardless if they win or lose, honestly, enough, Uncle. We're done with the season on Friday. It's been it's been a hell of a run. The players have given up so much. Like let them go home. Let them be with family. Let everybody finally. Their bodies are beaten to death doing this nine weeks in a row, uh, basically having to live in their own bubble, being forced to be like just avoid everybody so that we could like fulfill TV contracts and all that shit could take place. You in return get to play, but like your, your bodies are going to be destroyed by the end of this. Just give them some time off. You know, while, I don't need, while, to, I don't need to see them in bowl game. Well, the coaches and administrators and everyone else gets to go home. They're, you know, right. they're essentially so, yeah, in a bubble without being them. able to collectively bargain. Their yeah. I, I don't need to see them in a bowl game, but if they were go beat the shit out of Chris Ash, I agree. That'd be fun. Oh, oh, okay. That'd be so awesome. you're, you're, and then are you with me on West Virginia too? Or do you want to see the clay Travis bowl? No, I want no, like, I've thought about like my, I would not be able to handle that mentally. Like I would get sucked in. And once you get sucked in, I like, I just don't want to do it for my mental health. There's mm-hmm. no, what, what it's, it's again, we can go, you know, we don't talk, too, too much politics on here unless Mike is on and, and we get fl- fake flat on every once in a while. Like, I dealt with enough of that shit. I don't need to go back to those types of people but, and but, deal with but, them for, but, but, but for I, Tennessee Rutgers. But I don't even, I mean, I don't even know if that's about politics. I think regardless of no, your no, politics, I think Rutgers fans, like as a whole, I think no matter whether, whatever politics you subscribe to, I think basically that's all a, Rutgers fans do not like Clay Travis. 
Can we can we make that a poll? Because I'm going to guess the and I think you would too. The majority want to play Tennessee if they had those three options. Right? Oh yeah, I mean, like we we're talking about before, the the greatest uh, kind of poll in sports is not fun. It's not happiness. It's rage, and they want to rage. Yeah. They don't they don't want to have fun. Or, no, it's it's re- it's revenge. revenge. No, it's, no, it's rage. No, no, rage re- and re- revenge. Sports revenge is fun. Like fun revenge. I want revenge on Chris Ash, right? Or revenge on West Virginia. There is no real relationship between Rutgers and Tennessee other than what that one game they or they they, they played two games I think in the early 2000s and Clay Travis. And so there's no real relationship between the two schools other than rage. I want revenge. I want revengeance. Revenge? Vengeance? If revengeance. You have, if you have- if you I'm ever talk to uh, to my dad next time you're at a tailgate, you could ask him about the 2002 Rutgers Tennessee game down in Knoxville. He his proudest moment is calling that uh, Nate Jones was going to return a kick for a touchdown. He did it, and then he called that the onside kick was coming after that. What a just he'll 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 he, he'll love to tell you that here, story. Here's the thing: is your dad the kind of guy who does that a lot? Like this guy's gonna return the kick. He's gonna this is gonna be an onside no, kick. No, he he does the funny he does the funny like uh, sarcastic like time for an onside kick type thing like uh, and whatnot. But that was actually that was serious. I remember, I remember watching that um, at, at my friend's place way way back when. Rutgers should have gone into that half. I believe up either fourteen seven or fourteen fourteen nothing something like that. Anyway, I want to go. I want to actually go to a myself. game with you guys because I've I've never actually like because I've been in the in the radio booth for. It's nine gonna years. be. It's going to be interesting if they stay within this realm of competitiveness. And by the way, again, they? I'm like, what's that? Why? Why wouldn't they? Like, no, no, no I, I think okay. So I think again, anything could happen. Like things go sour in college sports really quickly. But assuming that things. Here's what I know is going to happen because of this year, and let's we all want to get out and and be normal again. Next fall is going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome if think again. I, I don't want to. Let's just pretend mentally that yeah. it is okay. It would be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be. It's funny because I was actually thinking the other day. I'm like, you know what? I'm so like I'm so ready to go back and see a competitive football team and. And welcome back, Greg Schiano, and have the place sold out. That I don't like. I won't even care that they're playing Monmouth until right, two minutes. I know. Here's the thing, though. Until two minutes into the Monmouth game, like, oh, this yeah, is boring. Sure. Like this sure. sucks. Why do we do this? Every like every year we do this. No, they might, this. It might be. It might be. Uh, it might be Temple that they open up with first. I know that is. Uh, they play them in Syracuse again next year. You know. You know. One thing about this season, and I, I hope this sticks because it. Yeah, they be- they do. Let's just real quick. They open it up against Temple. The game that you're going to want to ignore is they get uh, Delaware at home on September 18th. So they are they are scheduled against Delaware. One thing yeah. I'm hoping that sticks from this year, and there's so many bowl games that I don't see why they wouldn't keep it. Get rid of the minimum win requirement to make a bowl. It made sense back when there was like 20 bowls to have a minimum number of games you had to win. When there's 40 bowls, there's no reason to force a team. For, you know, there's only 130 FBS teams, and you need 80 teams to fill these bowls, and like requiring them to get to six wins. You know, they have to go through all of the six win teams before they're then allowed to go to the five win teams. Get rid of that requirement. And you will get rid of these games. I think maybe not completely get rid of them, but you will you 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 will disincentivize Rutgers from playing Delaware. And I think this season, I, I mean, look at the SEC. 
right? That they've they've only played in conference, and it it's been great. I, I think fans are enjoying. They, they they don't need the game against South Alabama. Like I I don't think people need that game. And the only reason, they, they, I guess, these coaches schedule it for two reasons, right? They they want to get guys experience and they want to you know try out some stuff, but also they want to win, right? They, like uh, a team like Rutgers, you know, like 2013. That team doesn't make a bowl game without without whatever. Uh, tomato can teams they played early in the season they won only six games and some other years they only won seven and wouldn't have gotten there without a couple of wins against you know these bad teams I really hope that they 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 keep the or get rid of the minimum win requirement or the you know the B 500 or better requirement in future years um, so we don't have to watch these games but I have a feeling I mean I I don't know I, I would just like to see that um, so yeah, so again, Nebraska, that has now moved to a 730 uh, kickoff on Friday uh, on, on Big Ten Network. Should we get to Brad? Uh, what's that? Did we get to Brad? Did we, did, wait, did we already introduce Brad or did we do this already? Or we no? haven't gotten to Brad yet. I was, I was going to kind of transition. I think we've done a lot. We, we won the chum bucket. That's all that matters now, you know, in terms of over the weekend. Um, again, Rutgers, Nebraska, we'll talk about that. Um, next week, and then uh, we'll we'll talk Rutgers basketball on the back end. But right Rhyme. now, uh, Mike, you'll Rhyme. hear from Mike in a second uh, on the back end. He he says hello real quick. But I think perfect Max, timing by Mike it is. because we basically just talked about all the Rutgers stuff that you're not really gonna. We'll talk. I guess we have to talk some basketball on the back end. But yeah, like we, we got through a lot of Rutgers stuff that you probably wanted nothing to do with. Okay, so let's let's now. It's all good. You'll hear from Mike on the back end of this, but let's go to our resident uh, bracketologist, Brad Wachtel, and you could hear us talk some some Rutgers basketball now. As we uh, promised, our I guess expert bracketologist, specifically for the Are You Screw podcast now, because this is his second time, uh, at least now, even more than that, coming on with us. So beyond front of the pod, whether or not you care about that title brad welcome um first question off the bat is it ever too early to talk bracketology no it's it's never too early to start talking bracketology but you know it's we, we got a ways to go and, and the problem is a little thing called covid so you know that could always get in the way and affect things um but that's why we play the game it's all about the ncaa tournament and the fact that rutgers is now going to be an NCAA tournament team, uh, uh, barring something happen with, happening with COVID. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about it. So, Brad, you know, I, okay, I'm going to be honest. I think it is a little bit too early to talk bracketology for a couple of reasons. Obviously, COVID, and we have no idea what the tournament's going to be like this year, and we'll, we'll get into that more later. The main reason that we wanted to have you on is, you know, Adam and I, like probably most of the people listening, we watch Rutgers and we'll watch a few games here and there, but we're not really watching a lot of college basketball other than Rutgers. And what I was curious about is I want to know kind of contextually, how good is this Rutgers team? Because like, I- I'm, I'm looking at this and this looks like a legitimate contender for like a you know, a three seed, a four seed. Like, am I crazy or is this team that good? Not crazy at all. Um, obviously, there's still a ways to go. And, you know, it's 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 a long season, even though Big Ten play has just started. But but I will say, you look at Rutgers and what do they got? They have a star in Ron Harper Jr., okay? They have a monster in the middle of the paint in Miles Johnson, who not only grabs every rebound, blocks a ton of shots, but watching the game against Maryland yesterday, I think Maryland is definitely down this year, um, probably a bottom 
five team in the league. doesn't matter. They're a Big Ten team. But the number of shots that Miles altered in the paint without blocking, people are afraid to take the ball to the basket. And that's a problem. And that's that's a big advantage for, for Rutgers. So that's two. You have a closer in Geo Baker. And who else in the Big Ten would you rather have with the game on the line taking a big shot than Geo Baker? That's three. And then four, you have one of the quickest guards in the country in Jacob Young, who has improved tr- tremendously. Um, and he is the guy, he is the engine. Um, he's just as important as all these other guys because of his speed his, and his ability to, to get the ball where it needs to go and, and finish at the rim. Um, so, no, you're not crazy thinking that this team has a chance to be a really good seed because all of the, the pieces are there. They have a lot of depth, and it's, it's exciting. I, last year, I mean, it feels forever ago now that you know we were talking to you and kind of the excitement around finally being able to care about bracketology with Rutgers, and by all means, it seemed like they were going to be the NCAA tournament. When you look at last year's team and where things left off versus what you've seen so far in these first five games, are you ready to say that this is definitively – a, a better team than last year's, or you still need to reserve, you're waiting to reserve judgment I think on that. they're a better team because they now have more experience. Uh, Ron Harper took a huge step last year, and now he's clearly shown that he's taken another big step this year. You add in Cliff Omori, who provides, who's, who's starting. I think Miles Johnson is he's the better player right now, but the depth that Cliff can bring Cliff in for miles to play them two together. It just gives that gives Rutgers such a different look than they've had in the past, but there's so much depth and you start comparing them to all these other teams in the big 10. And now that there's no fans in the stands, I really think that benefits a team like Rutgers because they're still going to win their home games because they're comfortable playing there and they have the experience, they have the depth, but now on the road, as opposed to like, you know, let's hope we can get it. We could steal a few games on the road in the Big Ten. It's so difficult to win on the road in those ruckus environments. We Rutgers has a chance to win every single game, and I don't. I don't mean be competitive. Like they will have a legitimate chance to win every single game. Um, right now, I would say Iowa is the best team in the league, and I think they do have to go to Iowa. Um, but they can they can win these games, and and. I think that's that's something that you couldn't say in the past. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is that Rutgers is on the path to being the first team, I think since 1976, Indiana, to win every single game on the way to the national title. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing uh, when, when, uh, when, I, when I hear you talk there. But, like, so I, I, I guess at the top tier of, of college basketball this year, like you have, like, Gonzaga and Baylor. And I, Rutgers isn't on that tier, right? And, 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 no. not, and not Iowa. But, like, how many teams in the country would you say – you are definitively sure are better than Rutgers right now. I, I would say maybe 10 teams because I really think after that, it kind of, kind of opens up and everybody is saying, and I agree with it. The big 10 is the deepest conference in the country. Probably the best. Uh, the big 12 is really good as well, but, and if Rutgers is competing to, you know, be a top three, four, five seed in the in the best conference in the country. Why not? Why shouldn't they be in the same conversation as those other teams? Um, now, you know, the one thing that Rutgers does not have going for them is 
while they do have experience um, with guys returning, they don't have experience being a team that is ranked and a team that is the hunted. So that's still something that's going to be, uh, we have to wait and see. Um, you know, Against Maryland, played really well, did what they needed to do. But let's see what happens when they play some other ranked teams. Um, that It's going to be very interesting. How difficult is this year going to be for people like you trying to predict what we may see, for, even with, with COVID, because of COVID? Uh, but you even mentioned something that was interesting. Rutgers can win every game, and it sounded like part of that, not only is experience, but there are no fans this year. So how does the home away neutral thing work this year? How does also teams that have games canceled, it's going to happen because of COVID. It already is. How does that factor into how you predict moving forward? Like this has got to be unlike anything you guys have ever dealt with. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, And first of all, like they're a team, you have to have a, you have to play a certain number of games. I think the number is 13. Um, DePaul hasn't played one game yet all season, uh, which is insane. But I don't think we're going to have a good sense of what the committee is looking at until, A, uh, when the net rankings come out, Um, because it's possible they could change some things around. They may not weigh uh, a road victory the same way um, it's been in the past, and I don't think they should, uh, because it's just not the same. So it's I said up until that point, which will be, I think it's January 4th, they come out with the rankings. It's really hard to say. It's hard to predict. Um, But if you, you know, if you're a team like Rutgers or if you're a team that's vying for an NCAA tournament bid, just keep winning games and keep staying healthy. If If Rutgers has a weakness, what would you say that that is? Well, it's probably been a recurring theme over the last few years, but not a great free throw shooting team. 20 years, uh, last all. 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not a great free throw shooting team at all. And, and right now they're not even 60% from the line. Uh, so because you're in the big 10 and because you have a ton of games against top 25 opponents, you envision that there's going to be a lot of close games. So who is, who is coming down the stretch stretch and who is able to make free throws when it counts. Um, that is you know, that, that's going to be to be determined, but you hope that your guards can make free throws. You hope a guy like Jacob Young, uh, who's going to have the ball in his hands uh, at pivotal stretches and is going to get fouled a ton if there's a close game. You hope that he could come through and improve his free throw shooting. Um, right now, Jacob is he is shooting 75%, which I which is better than he's been. So that's, that's definitely a great sign. But other than that, you don't have much. Uh, they, I, I'm sure they work on it a lot. Uh, and I know fans are like, oh, you know, work on your free throw shooting. Why don't they work on, they work on their free throw shooting. Um, you know, and hopefully it improves as the season progresses. Free throws are weird. Mm-hmm. Like you, you'll watch Miles Johnson and sometimes he'll have like the smoothest stroke you've ever seen. Like, oh, this guy can become like a 70% free throw shooter. And then he'll like clank one off the shot clock. And you're like, that's not the same guy I just saw take the last free throw. Anyway, Adam, go ahead. Uh, what, what were you saying? No, no, no. And in part of Brad's answer that was interesting in the question about weakness on the team itself. Another thing that we've talked about on this podcast, and we joke about it a lot, um, is the the schedule, right? Steve Peichel has had trouble or has, has purposely scheduled a certain way uh, leading up to this year. It's a little bit unfair to judge them to a certain standpoint. They had some big games scheduled. COVID kind of wrecked some things. So I understand that. 
Is this a year where out of conference scheduling for Rutgers may not be a detriment because of how good the Big Ten may be, and we still don't know yet what the criteria is. Like, we don't know. Like, we went into this season, I was like, well, if Rutgers wins 10, 11 Big Ten like games, like, great, they're fine. I, where Where is that line right now for you in terms of the out-of-conference versus conference in direction to, to Rutgers right now? Well, I, I think the fact that the NCAA said you can only play a certain number of games, which is, I think it's 27, um, I think that in itself helps because those four extra games, could it have been against top-tier teams? Yes. But in years past, it's been against bottom-tier teams, 250 net teams and worse, and that doesn't help you. So I think eliminating those four games benefits Rutgers. Um, They only had uh, three games in non-conference play that are, you know, guarantee games that you're supposed to win, and they took care of business handily. Um, the non-conference game that was given to them in the Big Big Ten ACC Challenge, Syracuse, it's a nice win. Uh, Syracuse was missing their leading scorer, but ultimately Syracuse is going to be, I don't know if they're going to be a tournament team. They're probably going to be on the, on the bubble when it's all said and done. Um, but that might be a good win down the line. And now, now you get into Big Ten play and people are saying 10, 11 Big Ten teams could get in the tournament. Well, you do the math, look how many teams are playing. If they get to 11 Big Ten wins or more, which you anticipate they will, they should be fine. Let's take a moment to appreciate how ridiculous it is that we're sitting here with Rutgers men's basketball saying, yeah, that win over Syracuse, it might be good. I mean, like, well, this is like, this is crazy town. It's it, it's it's just nuts kind of, uh, kind of where we are. All right, this is a hard question. Um... Right, like I think everyone's in agreement at this point. Ron Harper Jr. is is Rutgers' best player, and I know it's like you know we're splitting hairs here. Who is Rutgers' second best player? Because this has been kind of a point of disagreement among me and Adam and and Danny Breslauer and other people. Like, who is Rutgers' second best player? It's it's a great question, but I I think this year with where things are at, and I might have a different answer than than both of you guys. Uh, I think Jacob Young is just as important to this team than anybody else because he's he's a point guard and you take him off the floor and you take his speed off the floor Rutgers is a different team and i think the le- the the amount that he's grown in the last year since he transferred from Texas it just it makes Rutgers a team that they want to get up and go they want to run down the court and and throw alley-oops and and do all all this stuff and Jacob is the engine. He runs the show. I don't think Paul Mulcahy is capable of that. He's a different type of player. It's more of like a, I'd say he's more of like a point forward type guy. He's not a pure point guard. But Jacob Young with his shooting ability and his leadership and his his moxie is something that makes everybody else on the court better. Yeah, something I was concerned with coming into the year was the depth well last year we saw them go 10 deep and we saw you know Pykele would have like those line changes where four or five players would come in at once and I kind of figured he was going to want to play the same way this year and we saw it a little bit in in the first three games uh what was that against Sacred Heart FDU and Hofstra and then he just kind of said nope I'm playing seven guys and I think you won't you don't need more than seven guys to win at a high level in college I mean as long as you don't get guys get got have guys get hurt 
you can play seven guys. Are, were you kind of expecting what I was expecting and kind of took them to go nine or ten deep? And are you surprised that Peichel has kind of said, nope, I'm just playing seven guys? No. I, if this was a, a regular season where you had eight or nine non-conference games against lesser opponents, you would be seeing a rotation with you know nine, ten guys because you could get the, you could get the freshman's feet wet um, and still win a game by double digits. There's really not that much leeway now. Every game is now important. So unless you unless you have a comfortable lead, you might only see some of these freshmen, aside from Cliff, who's going to play his minutes. But some of the other freshmen, you're not going to see nearly as much. I think he'll sprinkle them in here and there, see what they could do, see if they could hit some shots, um, see if they could defend, and and kind of go from there. Um, but there's no rush to, to play them a ton of minutes. They don't need to. And I think that's the next – the luxury that they have. You know, it was an interesting point that I'm thinking about it. And Brad knows his history with Rutgers basketball. We've gotten over it in the past in terms of him uh, being a student manager. And I was just thinking, you were talking about Jacob Young at a transfer from Texas to Rutgers. When is the last time a transfer like this really worked out in Rutgers here? I've, and probably Brad knows it's usually the other way around where in the past, We've talked about guys leaving the program, even recently, the Mike Rosarios, the Greg Echeniques, and they wind up going to, you know, an NCAA tournament. We can go way back to like the Josh Sankuses of the world and and really, really, you know, the Todd Billets, Dante Jones, the list goes on and Adam's on. Adam's flexing his this Rutgers is, basketball history muscle right now. I mean, this is this is kind of weird. It's kind of freaking me out a little bit that this has worked so well. No, it, it absolutely is. And yeah, like you said, in years past, Anytime somebody would transfer from Rutgers, undoubtedly they would go to the NCAA tournament. <laughs> so it was just, it was happening. But I would say probably since Jonathan Mitchell, uh, Jonathan Mitchell was a high impact player um, when we were in the Big East. Um, a guy that, you know, I was, I was there for him for his final, his senior year. Um, worked harder than any other player that I've been around. Uh, great kid. And his senior year, he had a he had an unbelievable year. Different position, but I would say since him. So last time we had you on, Brad, you know, you regaled us with the tale of the time that you had to bring gas to Quincy Doobie in the middle of Route 18. Tales of a student manager. And I was wondering if you had another kind of story, maybe not like that, but kind of just a story to kind of explain to people the sometimes ridiculous life of a uh, high-level college basketball student manager. As a student manager, hmm. Sorry to put you on the spot like that. I don't know if I, I don't know if I told you the story or if I told somebody else a story about when I was with uh, Gary Waters, um, and the the, the suit? story about his suit. Yeah, we, uh, you, you actually, you know, I did tell it. T- t- you you can tell it again. <laughs> tell it again. Um, so. So when we were, we were playing a game at Providence and we're about to get on the bus and I'm a, must've been a junior in college. Um, and this is back in 2003, 2004. And uh, Gary Waters pulls up his car to the front of the rack and the bus is right behind it. And he's like, Oh, can you get my bags out of the car and, and, and put it in, put it on the bus? I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem, coach. Go to the car, I see his bag, I put it on the bus, and four hours later, we get up to Providence, get off the bus, and I see Coach Waters, like, looking around, like, 
I'm like, everything all right? He's like, where's my bag? I'm like, it's right here, coach. I, here you go. He's like, no, my other bag. And I'm like, your other bag is like my suit. And I'm right there, then and there. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't put a suit on the bus. So he, he just, he just flipped out. He's like, I told them to put my suit on the bus. I'm like, I didn't see it. So he, he decided to, to, this is the night before Providence. He decides to go out and buy himself a new suit right before the game. Um, and nobody ever knew. But I, I felt awful, but at the same time, I couldn't stop laughing. Well, Gary so Waters was, took his suits pretty seriously. Like, he was he was always oh yeah. really well-dressed. Yes, yes. I was going to say, this is probably, this would not be a Gary Waters year. And I, I'm wondering in the future, now with all of, of COVID, uh, Brad, are we going to see moving forward? Are we on board with coaches just wearing, like, the windbreakers? Are we are we done with suits forever Bob Huggins on the had basketball right sideline? All along. Bob Huggins had it right all along, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, like, we should have followed Bob from the beginning. It's 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 a great question. I was thinking the same thing. All I know is that when I'm sitting on the sidelines in my suit, it is always like so uncomfortable, like because you're sweating every single possession, and it's just like, ugh, to sit on the bench in a polo and sweats. You're comfortable, like why not? Doesn't look professional, but. We're, you know, we're basketball coaches. Yeah, um, like basketball coaches are in sweats and like and hoodies. Like they're not. I, it's such a weird thing that we do. I'm really in all sports. If you look at like the different ways the managers and coaches dress in baseball, there's a 75 year old man in a full baseball uniform. Right. In football, it, we kind. It's like it goes back and forth. Maybe you know you can wear, you can dress nice. You had Mike Nolan who used to wear the suit. And in mm-hmm. basketball, you you must be uh, have, wear a buttoned up suit. It's so weird. And I would guess that these coaches are gonna be like, you know what? This is a lot more comfortable than 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 throwing on a suit every game. Except Jay Wright. Jay Wright's gonna go back to wearing suits. It'll be interesting because at the same time, like if you're a coach, you have a lot of high-level donors at the game. You like to look professional. You know, does that does that mean anything? You know, when recruits see you on TV in a suit, do they take you more seriously? I don't I don't know. It's just what people have done. I like th- even though it's uncomfortable, I do like the, the suit and tie thing. I do. Um, but I would totally understand if they decide to just go in the other direction. If I'm a high-level donor and I'm looking at my coach, I don't want him wasting any time picking out a suit. I want him to throw on some sweatpants, throw on a hoodie, and get back in the gym. I, and to me, of course, I'm not a high-level donor. Um, but if I was, I, I want my coach in sweats. No time for dressing nice. I don't want to, maybe not slovenly, but I, I got no time for this coach who's spending all of his time on his suits. Except for, like I said, Jay Wright's going to go right back to putting those nice suits on. I am positive about that. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think as long as, you know, the staff is dressing the same. So there looks like organization, you know, like little things like that. They do matter wearing the same sneakers, wearing the same polo, the same slacks. I think that's, I I would, I would encourage teams to do that. Um, But yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right, Brad. So before we let you go right now, as we, you know, joked about it, maybe it's too early for bracketology. Maybe it's not. Everybody at this point, if you're a Rutgers basketball fan, this has been uh, enjoyable to to start, to say the least. Uh, if you want to predict right now, um, and we'll give you plenty of opportunity to come back on and change, so we're not going to hold you to it, but end of the season, 
Where do you think Rutgers winds up on the on the seed line at the at the end of this thing right before March Madness? Well, well, first of all, it'll be interesting to see how many teams are in the NCAA tournament if that gets adjusted at all. Uh, assuming it doesn't, and we have an NCAA tournament, even if it's at you know just a one location. Right now, I I would say I would be comfortable giving Rutgers a f- four or five seed. I would. Um, and last year, last year I ended up having them as a 10 seed when the season ended and because there was, because of their road and neutral record, that's not going to be an issue this year. It's just not, I mean, they're going to win. They're going to win some road games. Um, so I don't think they're going to have anything that's, that's holding them back like that, but I can see them being in that four or five range, but again, they could be better. They could, they could be worse, but if you're at a four or five range right now, fine. Like we could, we can work with that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not, that's not yeah, bad at all. Well, yeah, uh, it's like, it's like, it's like, Oh, you know, we'll be a little disappointed if Rutgers basketball is only a seven seed. Like what, what is happening? This is, it's so <laughs> weird. Like I, I, like I think the, and we'll talk, Adam, we'll get into this when we, when we talk, talk on the pod, but like, I think people had confidence in Steve Peichel. I don't know how many people saw this coming that we'd be that, that, that in year five we'd be looking at a Rutgers basketball team that's what like two wins away from entering the top ten like you know if they if they keep winning they're gonna be a top ten team and it's like I, I just can't imagine that in in the wildest dreams of the biggest Rutgers basketball fans that they would be here um, I, I think well, that there was it, I think people thought every year would kind of be like last year where they're just gonna wheeze along and they're gonna they're gonna sneak into the tournament not that they wouldn't take that but like it's just it's just wild that we're here. Yeah, and, and again, things can change because you are in a league like the Big Ten. You know, momentum is is a big thing. Um, and like they say, confidence is the greatest performance enhancer. So you could go and win a, win a few games in a row or you could lose, a, you know, if you get into a losing funk or there ends up being, you know, other issues with the team that we don't, that, that we don't know about, um, anything can happen. Uh, so it, it is a long way to go, and but you know you should have your hopes high as a as a Rutgers fan, uh, and I think you really have to credit Steve Peichel for um, his ability to not only develop his players, but find the right guys that fit what he wants to do. Find the players that want to come to Rutgers. You don't need to go out and just get the highest rated player. You got to get guys that are going to run through a wall for you that are going to, that want to get better. Um, And I think he's pinpointed those guys and Rutgers has an identity. Rutgers has a culture Um, and success. That's what successful teams. That's what successful programs have. You know, I don't think this is just a, a one hit wonder year. I think this is a, this could, this could keep going, you know, maybe not at this level. It may not be as good as, as they are this year in the next couple of years, but there's going to be some there's going to be some uh, some fans that are going to be wanting the NCAA tournament on a yearly basis. Well, we look we look forward to it. Our resident uh, bracketologist now, since I mean we're just forcing you to do this at this point against your will, probably. Not so at, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll make sure we'll make sure you're back on many times. Uh, hopefully, as the season moves along and as Rutgers stays in the NCAA uh, tournament picture, uh, Brad Wachtel, we appreciate it, uh, and we'll see you next time on here. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Thanks, Brad. 
I had said earlier that it sounds like Danny is being killed by Greg Schiano, and he wants to let people know, like with one syllable. It's like in a movie, and they, he want he needs to let everyone know who's killing him, and so he yells. Stop! Because and I said that's Danny getting pushed out of the building by Greg Schiano on his way down out of the window. He just is yelling, "Stop!" So yes. No, it sounds like he went hunting with Dick Cheney. And he just got shot. <laughs> wow, that, that's a that is a deep cut. Yeah. Who even remembers Dick Cheney shooting somebody? Uh, Who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought about that. Once when did Dick? That was like Sound, twenty years ago. Sounds like a good poll question. Do you remember that Dick Cheney <laughs> shot somebody? Yeah. I mean, I remember it. I'm not saying I don't. I'm saying yeah. I hadn't thought. Uh, to, oh, that was only it was 2006. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope everybody enjoyed uh, the the interview with with Brad um, Rutgers, um, a four or five seed potentially, uh, but a long long way to go. Too low. To go. Brad is Brad is disrespecting Rutgers. They should be Matt, higher. Yeah. Should 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 be predicting them to be a one seed currently, but we'll we'll, well let no, them get no, through. No. I I, ha- I have them as a three seed in my bracket. Okay. No disrespect well, to Brad. That's all. That's all good. Um, how's everybody feeling about this this Rutgers basketball team right now? Pretty good. I, I fine. I, I gotta I gotta ask you guys something. Um, I will be rooting against them on Sunday. Okay. Now I want to know if this is fair or not. Um, I consider myself a businessman. Uh, you know, I, I like to gamble a little bit on sports, and I don't know exactly what happened, but on FanDuel Sportsbook, on why did you name uh, a sponsor for this podcast? I'll bleep it out. Don't worry. Uh, let me just make a note here. Okay. Um, so they screwed up, and Io Desumu on like last Saturday night was at plus sixty five hundred to win the Wooden Award. So I, you know, I, I put down like fifty dollars on him. And, look, Rutgers is going to win plenty of games this year. They're not going to win every game. They're going to lose a game here and there. So they might as well lose to the, a game to the team with the player that will make me money if he wins the Wooden Award. And I think that's fair, right? Does that mean I hate Rutgers, or does that mean I'm just a businessman? What are you going to get with the money that we could? joke with and have some fun with on the podcast because if it's something good i'm all for it i'll i'll be on your side on this weekend i didn't have any plans for it but we could do something fun with it i mean you know if he does win the wooden award it's like three grand so i i mean i could put aside some of that for the for the pod i do like that he would uh use that money those winnings to spend on the podcast and not his child's eventual college education i, I could I'm talking like a hundred bucks or something like i could put something down like i'm, I'm yeah. fine with that so yeah, we're all rooting. So we're all rooting. Hundred, hundred. You're gonna you you will buy a hundred bucks of cold smoked salmon. Cook it in front of Danny, but not allow him to eat. It. Ugh, God, why do you have to bring that up? <laughs> Can never let that one go. Do you think Danny? Do you think like his ultimate meal is a Subway sandwich with cooked smoked salmon? Oh, please stop! <laughs> what is wrong with you? Um. So we talked a decent amount of. So, wait, wait, wait. We can call it the Subway schlub. How much? I mean, how much more basketball is there to talk? There's not not a ton Um, of basketball uh, to talk. We got a lot. We got to a lot of it with with Brad. I'm I'm game to just. Should we just have some fun on the back end of this here now that Mike has joined? uh, 
there's one thing I wanted to add. Um, so we tried to get Danny to come on, Danny Breslauer of the Scarlet Spotlight uh, podcast, if you uh, you don't know. The Scarlet Spotlight podcast, which uh, blows this one away in downloads. Yeah, because Danny's an asshole. Um, we tried to get him to Where come on. Where did he say that? He said it a long time ago. On this ago, podcast. On this podcast. Oh, um, did he? Yeah, he okay. did. Uh, so we uh we tried to get Danny to come on to give analysis during the Rutgers Syracuse game last week and the reason he gave for why he couldn't be on a Zoom call with us and I quote it's because I spend most of the game in a defensive position. So like Danny's if you Danny is apparently pacing around his apartment with his hands up like he's playing defense, okay? If you wanted to know how insane uh this person is. In case you were wondering what? He's clearly happy though. <laughs> Five and zero, oh, and uh, times 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 are good. Tough schedule coming up, but hey, we'll 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 see how they do. There'll be plenty 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 more basketball talk uh, for us to get to, and plenty more times to have Brad on as well. Who's great? He's always fun, um, and it was nice to hear him retell the uh, the Gary Waters suit story again too. Which is, I want to ask him, Max, and I want to find something in relation to John Rothstein next time. That uh, Brad is on with. Us. Oh yeah, because oh. Adam Adam was telling me off. I was say off air, but yeah, sure, off air about how. Uh, so when the when the news broke that the Ivy League was pulling out of the NCAA tournament uh, back in March, apparently or they Brad, canceled they canceled their conference right or or, or, or whatever That's what it was. Or, or whatever it was. Brad was on live with Rothstein, who apparently like had a funny reaction. We'll ask him about it. Though. We'll have him on yeah, again later we'll, in the year. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll, we will get to that. Um, okay. So should we get to some just fun stuff that's been going on? I know Max wanted to get to a little overrated, underrated. Uh, I was going to surprise people. I mean, we haven't done this in a while. Well, that's fine. Um, oh, I was going to, I was going to build up Adam. You, you have oh, to understand okay. the, the audio, you know, the radio business and you have to, right. you have to build things up. Um, so you ruined it. So I'm just going to play the intro. So if you're unfamiliar with this game, this is overrated, underrated, um, a segment without precedent in the history of recorded audio. I'll give a topic or someone will give a topic and then the other people will say whether it's overrated or underrated. And I am going to start with carrot cake. Overrated or underrated? Overrated It is not within the first few pieces of cake that I would go for. Uh, I, I, I'm saying overrated. Uh, my wife who is sitting here um, whispering um, in my ear, like a Spengali of sorts says it's underrated and she loves carrot cake oh, and she's wrong. Carrot cake is awesome. All right. Carrot cake gets a bad rap because it's got carrots in it, right? You're like th- what's this cake? It's got carrots in it. Carrot cake is awesome. The frosting's always good. It's a great mix with the, it's got it's got like nut nutmeg cinnamon. I don't know exactly what's 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 in carrot cake, but there's those, you know the, the carrots are small. Carrot cake is awesome and it gets a bad rap. Carrot cake is absolutely underrated. In general, cake is overrated. What? I agree on that actually. In general, cake is overrated. It's not it would not be my go-to dessert. Just wouldn't just out of all if you could just 
pick your dessert, cake is nowhere near the top. So cake, overrated. I think that's an absurd opinion to have. Um, one, cake is delicious. Um, when would, where would you ever be that if someone says, oh, Adam, do you want a slice of cake that you go, no, 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 not today, sir. I've had too much. I love when Mike is giving an opinion or talking on the podcast, but he's also slapping the keyboard like he's what he's like that cat in that gif. And you can hear it in the background. I love that. Yeah. I was actually, actually, if you can calm your indignant self for a moment, (laughs) moving the microphone over so that my wife can wait (laughs) in. I'm watching the Georgia Tech Florida State game and the Georgia Tech dude just tried to throw down like an amazing slam dunk was blocked by the rim and it was hilarious. How is Mike Um, as a podcast host? Um, uh, you'll see you'll see it on a not top 10 i'm sure amazing. i'm sure we will it okay what's, amazing. what's our what's our next uh overrated underrated all right next, next overrated or underrated i have got cheese its slash cheese nips little cheese crackers uh underrated overrated underrated they're delicious they are like you and and I feel like out of all of the bag of like uh, chips you and things that you can get out of a vending machine, Cheez-Its have per capita in the bag the most amount of like material in there to eat from like bags of chips like Lay's. You only get like set like it just it's ridiculous how much uh, air is in there. Cheez-Its doesn't really feel like they're. There's that much air in it. There's mm. actually a lot of cheeses. You get a you do when you buy a bag of cheeses from a vending machine. You it's get a never gr- ending. You get a great return on your vending machine investment, Adam. Of all the things you've ever said on this podcast, <laughs> that might be the yeah. smartest. That is so good. It's so true. If you're looking I was for about bang, to ask where you got your MBA from, <laughs> if, yeah. you're, if you're looking for your for bang for your buck <laughs> from a vending machine, you get Cheez-Its. That's a great I do, great I do it all the time. You know what's another good one that tends to have a fair amount of chips in there you don't really get screwed on? For whatever reason, Doritos are another one where you tend to have a fair amount more Doritos in a bag than you do any type of like basic plain chip like a Lay's or a salt and a salt and vinegar type of any brand there's just it's not in there it's it's just it's not satisfying i think some of it might have to do with geometry right because like the dorito is flat the other chips they don't fall in a way that allows the it allows them really to fill the bag efficiently with space adam you're, yeah. you're on fire tonight yeah this is i'm feeling good I'm all right feeling, so, so so this one good. this one requires a little bit of a backstory okay so I have a one-year-old, and my one-year-old thinks it's fun to fight against putting his shoes on. It's not, it's not, he's not angry. He wants to put his shoes on, but he makes it into a game. And quite frankly, it's kind of fun to wrestle at times, but if you're not in a hurry, it's kind of fun to wrestle him and, and try to get him to put his shoes on. He's laughing the whole time and everything. But the thing is, with kids' shoes, they're Velcro. And you put the foot in, and you put the Velcro. What I'm wondering, the idea of tying shoes... Overrated or underrated? Why, in the 21st century, have we not moved on? We're sitting here with our shoes with these strings and tying knots like a 19th century sailor. Why have we not moved on to normalize Velcro or some other type of shoe fastening device? We're, we're sitting here tying knots, and we've got strings hanging from our feet. Why do we not have more Velcro? So tying shoes, overrated or underrated? Tying I shoes think- are totally overrated. I think overrated anywhere but a sporting event. 
if you were competing in one. Why not? You could have you could have adjustable Velcro. I, I just think in sports like football and uh, basketball, where you need to make hard cuts, you want to have uh, something tighter, like like a string. It doesn't have to be Velcro, but it can, or it doesn't have to be like it, it can be something else. But I just feel like. We haven't moved past. Like, why hasn't shoe technology improved past the point where we're sitting here tying knots? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think we're actually at a place with shoe tech where um, we can actually have sneakers that are essentially like loafers that you just put on and off. But I think big shoe uh, doesn't want to do that because they want to keep the shoestring in industry going. Big shoe. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that we can have essentially I, I, like sneakers that are loafers. I'm all here for deep state big shoe conspiracies. I'm just saying, I, I we got we got these ropes hanging from our feet, and I just I, I think it's I think it's a waste of time. I think we need to move on. That's that's fair. Uh, Speaking of moving on, what's the next one? Uh, let's go jalapeno poppers. Jalapeno underrated pop. or overrated? <laughs> all right, so uh, jalapeno poppers. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go underrated. I like them. I like jalapeno poppers. See, to me, well, ha- go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, I mean, it's what? Jalapeno spiciness plus cream cheese, essentially fried in some dough. Not bad. I'm going to go overrated. I'm not a big fan of cream cheese in foods. Um, I, I agree. Other than on bagels. Overrated. And here's why. I feel With like salmon. jalapeno poppers to me are like the Alex Smith of appetizers. They're fine, but I feel like I can always do better, right? In, in in football, Alex Smith, fine quarterback. He's all right, you know. He, you know, he, he's Alex Smith. Jalapeno poppers, they're fine, but I feel like there's always a better appetizer to order. They are overrated. I thought I'll you were do you saying one better. Just I the jalapeno that... popper, when you eat it, it just looks like you just got flesh eating bacteria all over it. <laughs> wait, wait, did did Alex Smith have flesh eating bacteria? I know he had like a. His... Oh yeah, have you not seen that? You should. Uh, I know he if had anybody injury. wants to throw up after you know uh, eating or whatever, go and uh, watch the latest. Uh, somebody did a piece. I think it may have been ESPN on Alex Smith's leg. It is unbelievable. We do not encourage should. you to throw up after eating. So no, we just want to make that. we want to make fair. that clear, right? Yeah, I don't encourage it either. I'm just for whatever reason, if you uh, if you like that, if you like gross stuff, go go watch that. Do you like gross stuff? That's a poll. Well, can I can I throw that up? Underrated, overrated, uh, scary movies. Oh, I I have a strong opinion on this oh, one. Oh, overrated. I just I don't I don't care for them. Overrated, so overrated. They're boring. Totally agree. Total, I don't get the appeal of scary movies. They're usually bad. And uh, I don't understand why, if you are scared, um, you want to go to pay money to be scared intentionally. Maybe it's because I don't have a soul, but I, I'm not scared. I don't like don't, scary, scary movies. Don't scare me. Like I'm just like, oh, all right, ha, huh. that guy killed that person. You know? Yeah, I think it probably is the lack of soul. Ah! Uh, <laughs> I had one. Uh, Christmas lights, overrated or underrated? Sorry, one more time. Christmas lights. Oh, uh, underrated. Yeah, definitely underrated. Great, beautiful to look at. Makes you feel a little happy inside too. Walking around, walking around your neighborhood, maybe. I like. Yeah, I'm Mike. Are you, we're on the Zoom here, Mike. Are you jealous of Adam's real tree that you can see behind him? Um, I am very jealous. I have uh, this rinky-dink fake tree um i think fake trees are essentially um one of the i guess one of god's many cruel jokes upon 
human beings. Um, and we did this I last week, understand. by the way. We we we, huh? we did we did the we did the fake tree thing last I know, week. I know. I just want to make sure I you remember. I want to reiterate. He's better. <laughs> Mike's always better. Um, do you guys have any? I have a few more here. Um, I have one. I, I uh, leftovers. Oh, underrated. I'm gonna say overrated. Leftovers are fine, but like I'd always rather have fresh food. Like, like, like you know, sometimes you want it, you want it, you're lazy, you, you have leftovers, okay. you want to eat them. But like, no. I'd always rather have fresh food. Overrated. Okay, no, 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 but like the day after Thanksgiving is better than Thanksgiving. Well, that's false. That's true. I mean, like the food the day after Thanksgiving is better than Thanksgiving Day, or like the day after you have people over, like you know, like kind of a family party, and then you have food left over. Like, and you open up the fridge and here's all the things that you love and they're still there and you have like to eat it for breakfast and lunch is so amazing. It sounds to me like you're just saying you don't like the people who are at your Thanksgiving. I like the people, but I like just having that food for like two days after. Like it's like the only thing you've taken out of this equation is the people at your Thanksgiving and you just have the food and you just get to sit there and like, and like snuggle with your food or whatever while you don't have to worry (laughs) about all these people who you apparently don't like very much. A slanket of turkey. Anyone who's at Mike's Thanksgiving, shout out to Mike's parents. I love you. Mike apparently doesn't. Uh, what else? I tell you I... what, if my parents are listening to this podcast, I'll be amazed. Yeah, they're in trouble. <laughs> uh, what do we got next, Max? Uh, was that it? Uh, oh, cash. Overrated, underrated. I know people don't like to carry cash anymore, but overrated or underrated. Uh, all right, Adam, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to actually just, I'm going to say underrated. Um, just because I've validated in my head that like it's kind of just extra money to just have and spend. So like the other night, I was actually going down to to where Mike lives, and I was like, I was hungry. I wanted to stop for some pizza. Like, kind of just spend some. Got got a couple slices, paid cash. Felt good. Felt like I didn't I didn't even use like real money to pay for it. Cash doesn't even feel like real money anymore. So what you're saying is that because you don't see like a number on a page, like in a bank account, it doesn't feel yeah. like real money. Yeah, it's it's like this this doesn't this isn't really belong to me. So I'm just gonna spend it. I know it's dirty and I know it's inconvenient and I know I, again I know car credit cards and everything. There is nothing like holding like a a good amount of cash in your hand, like a nice crisp. $20 bill like that you can't a credit card can't like there's no there's no soul in that but you're holding uh, listen, cash in your hand that feels good I'm gonna go all Stephanie Kelton on you I like to just see the numbers change on my account um, I don't like cash I don't like places where you try to order things and they're like sorry we're cash only I understand that there are certain establishments um, that only take cash and so that there are certain industries that run on cash and I, I don't besmirch them. Everyone's got to make a living. Um, but for me personally, I get that cash out of here. Like I never have cash. If someone's like, Hey, you got five bucks. I'd be like, so no, I'm sorry. I think, I think I'm out. Um, I have a couple more. Yeah, I, go have, ahead. I have some too. Um, yeah, go ahead. I ha- overrated, underrated the remake of the mighty ducks turning into a series on Disney plus. Overrated or underrated? How about this? I've never overrated. seen any of the Mighty Ducks movies. Wow, really? Even I've yeah. seen them. I never have. I mean, I've never, I've You've never, never seen, seen them. Mighty I've, Ducks? I've never seen them all the way through. I might have watched a little bit as a kid, but I never watched any of them all the way through. Big fan. You love, never seen D two? Love D two. No, I've not. I have, I have not seen any of the Mighty Ducks movies. You I, don't know who Goldberg is? I do know. I know this from like osmosis, from being around Quack. people talking about it. Uh, the the goalie, the, the 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 girl. Quack. Uh, 
right? Quack. The, wasn't the, the goalie was a girl, quack. Julie something, right? Quack. Quack. Quack, 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 did Emilio Estevez turn out to be the best of Martin Sheen's children? Wouldn't that be Charlie uh, Sheen? I mean, he turned out, I mean, you know, he had a good career. I don't know. I don't know. feel like Emilio. feel like Emilio has a hard case here. You're saying that Emilio Estevez had a better career than Charlie Sheen. I said, he did he turn out to be the best of his children? Oh, I didn't say who would be better. Right there. <laughs> I would have liked to live Charlie Sheen's life for a little bit, probably. Remember when, like, Charlie Sheen was a thing and there was, like, the tiger yeah. blood? That was weird. Those are weird. That was, like, 10 years Good ago. Uh, Mike, what did you have for overrated? Uh, I was going to say checks. Overrated or underrated? If someone asks you to pay them in a check. I don't think I even have checks. <laughs> like, like I, I, every time I need checks, I have to go to the bank and get a couple printed. Uh, yeah. checks, checks are overrated because I cannot stand people that I have to pay in checks who hold on to the check. And then I've thought in time that the money has already come out. And then like a month later, they then cash the check. And I'm like, you got to be I've already accounted for it coming out like it shouldn't. count. You know, what's funny. I've never thought of this before. So I, I've done a lot of tutoring uh, like you know, for for a long time, and people will often pay me in checks. Adam, I'm sorry, I'm that guy. Like, 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 oh. I, I'm just thinking back to like, I that must have pissed so many people I off when like I'll go you. like a month and then I'll I'll cash like, you know, like from one person like five hundred dollars worth of checks in one go, and that must be so frustrating. It sucks, let me tell you, because again, you've just you've mentally you mentally said goodbye to it once you hand the check away, and then you know unless you're obsessed with checking your bank account every day, you just assume that it's gone. So you make some extra purchases and whatnot, maybe have a big month of spending. And then somebody like you takes out more of the money that we already thought was gone. It, oh, that's infuriating. Honestly, it sounds to me like also based on this and the fact that you apparently don't think cash is real money. It sounds like you're bad at like managing and understanding how money works. Like, no, I'm actually, I'm actually fairly, fairly, fairly decent at it. I like maybe not. So cash much, isn't but. real money. And uh, I don't actually go by the number in my bank account. I just assume the money's gone. Would you rather get paid in cash, check, or Bitcoin? Uh, cash. That's not even close. I mean, I'll, I'll take I'll take Bitcoin. That's fine. I might take Bitcoin too. Like, definitely not check. A little high right um, now. A little, it's a little bit high, but it you know it looks like. I it's, thought you said you're a little high right now. I am I not. Like, oh, okay. I, I am. Dude. I am. Unfortunately, I, I am not at the moment. Um. Underrated, overrated, making a NCAA tournament banner for last year's canceled season. <laughs> Was that Florida State? They did that. Florida State took our idea and made an NCAA tournament banner for last year. I think they also put up a banner for finishing number four in the last hole. It, it, it's on that one. It's on the canceled oh, season okay, okay. tournament one. They also put up, like, they did win the ACC or whatever, so that does count. You could put up a banner for that, but was I don't know. I kind of like underrated. it. You know what? I kind of like it. It's underrated. You know what? Yeah. We came up with the idea too. It's underrated. It's underrated. I don't, I don't understand what the downside is. You finished number four. You're going to make the tournament. Of course, you more. I'm like, I've been saying this since March. Rutgers should have put up its own banner. What do you put that up? What do you there. put on the banner though? You put You put on the banner that you made the damn tournament. 
But like, you know, you know how the the, the rules wise, you know, they did. What, there was no has a rule against banners. No, but I feel I feel like I feel like Rutgers wouldn't do that. Like I feel I feel like they didn't officially. Well, they, they haven't. They do things. They, they do things by the book. Like what? What would you? Okay, Florida State can put ACC champions. I, they can put their ranking. I guess what? What's Rutgers going to put on there? One at Purdue NCAA tournament team. But like, but you can't like smoke Seton Hall. But Flor- smoke, like I like smoke that salmon. smoked Seton Hall. Just put that on the banner. Two thousand nine. That should be a type of like that would be Danny's favorite salmon. Smoked Seton Hall. <laughs> Uh, did you guys have any more underrated, Dude, wait, overrated? Does Danny, like, on a first date, does he have to disclose that he cooks his smoked salmon? <laughs> like, is that a thing that you have to disclose disclose up front? No, that's something you or have do you to, try put, to you hide have that. To put the, you know, you have to put that in your dating profile. Like, that has to be a requirement <laughs> to put on your profile it, to me because that is something you cannot keep from your like it's just a disqualifying thing. lover that, that you yeah. – cook your smoke that they don't know that that is a dark dark secret that you are keeping at that point uh so we are we out of underrated overrated i think so okay I'm, uh I'm, i just I'm out of that. i just want this wasn't really an underrated overrated thing so f- last week for the first time i made potato pancakes i never made them before my mom always made them latkes and or, yeah, yeah latkes as latkes. the the super jewish people call them um i just call I them everyone calls them latkes. i just call them potato pancakes i always have i'm, I'm not a good jew anyway um, I was thinking about how, why, and I'm sure there's somewhere out there that does this. Why have we not normalized serving like little potato pancakes with like hamburgers instead of fries? Like, why is, like, why does no one do that? Someone Max, should, those some, are called hash browns. No, it's not the same thing. It's got to be like the little latkes. It's not, it's not the same thing. Not hash browns. It's latkes. I think we should open a restaurant and serve hamburger. We should normalize replacing fries with potato pancakes. I mean, well, tater tots again are similar. It's not the same thing. It's like like the great thing about a potato pancake. It's that it's like a flat, crispy oil sponge. I don't know if people are going to be excited <laughs> to come into Is your that restaurant what you put in the, in the menu. Flat, crispy oil sponge. <laughs> but okay, go for it. Maybe, you know maybe what? How about that? How about that? Too. We should. How's this for an idea? We should start a restaurant, and the menu is like you don't put what the actual item is. You just kind of write these weird descriptions for them. So like you just put like instead of a hamburger, you put like grinded dead cow mashed together between pieces of coagulated grain. What did I call it? An oil, flat, crispy, oily potato sponge? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, oil sponge. You know, like, wouldn't that be a Brooklyn hipster restaurant? Let me get be. the like incarcerated meat leftover, pig leftovers. Uh, we could hire uh, Miles Johnson as the chef. Is he culinary arts uh, major? No, they did. But they, they did. They yeah. did like a whole cooking contest uh, recently. Apparently, that I, I think he, I think he won the, the golden spatula. I think they were talking about it on the broadcast in the Maryland game. Uh, Ron Harper Jr. on because he just cooked Maryland. Oh, little turtle soup action. Yeah. Put that in the chum bucket. <laughs> pretty pretty impressive, by the way, that uh, Geo Baker comes back in Maryland and uh, Rutgers keeps winning because their best player never left. <laughs> uh, he was Geo Baker was good, though. He's he was better, better than I thought he would no, be. No, no, no. This is not a shot at Geo Baker. It's kind of a shot at the people who watch basketball and think I, Geo Baker's the best player. But I, but I think if this, I think that's out the window. I, think, I guess the Big Ten coaches. I, well, you know, Brad, you know. But Brad, I mean, he. I think everyone in, at this point is in agreement that Ron Harper Jr. is 
is Rutgers' best player. And we we actually asked yeah. Brad who he thought Rutgers' yeah. second best player was. Uh, he who said he said Jacob Young. Um, That's who we've been saying. Yeah, no, I I said Miles Johnson. I mean, I, I think two, oh, you said Miles Johnson. I said okay. two through four between Miles Johnson, Montez Mathis, and Jacob Young are kind of interchangeable. I think Geo Baker is right after that if we really need to rank the players. But I've got Miles Johnson as Rutgers' second most important and second best player because I, I if if he goes out, like I don't know, I don't know what they would do. Seems so. like Steve Peichel disagrees with you. What do you mean? Well, he starts not the best, second best player on the team. But he, I mean, but I mean, Miles Johnson can't play the same minutes that the guards play. Like he doesn't have the. No, but he doesn't even start the game. Yeah, but he still plays the most minutes. That is still that is weird. I don't know if it's because Miles picks up fouls early in the game or or whatever. But it is that's weird. That the, he that's what the legend is. That, it is weird that he doesn't start. Uh, are we done? I think we're I, done. I have I have my own conspiracy theory on that one. But um... what's your conspiracy theory? Let's air it out. Well, if you're going to get a big time, like this recruit, is Rutgers Newsmax over here. Let's go. If you're going to get a big time recruit, you got to promise to recruit something. If you're not going to pay them, and you know, I'm sure Cliff was told, "Hey, man, you'll start as a freshman every game." Mm. That's my conspiracy. That's your conspiracy theory. So your conspiracy theory like is it. that mine is that Steve Peichel changed the pronunciation of Cliff O'Marui's name because he didn't want it to sound like Eugene. That's yes. my conspiracy theory of the Yours night. is way better. Yours yeah. is way better. I'm not even going to try and compete with that. Or, you know, or he knew that somebody was going to make a parody song at some point uh, with to that Amore um, and decided, <laughs> hey, let's let's go ahead and we'll, let's change it back to the traders. I, here's traders the thing. You, you could still do it. Like you oh, could. Yeah, no, I know you can. You could still I, and make, like, make a joke about how that's not how you that's not how you say it. Not a more like. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right, I'll think I'm. I'll think on it. Did it, not a more. I don't know. Well, at least, at least you got your song for the end of this one. <laughs> Make it easy. I, oh, so. it's got to be some terrible remix of it though. There has to be some like I'm dubstep, sure, yeah. awful remix of that song. Yeah, it's, we'll it's find out it. there. We'll find it. You guys it's have anything else? Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't. Um. Oh, real quick. Um, uh, actual, actual sports thing. So everyone wants the college football playoff to like expand or whatever because these these group of five teams are never getting into the playoff um why not just like have the group of five have its own playoff like like how cool how how awesome um, would like a cincinnati um, cool byu coastal and louisiana four team playoff be like it's 130 teams why do we have to pretend like what other sports league we, we have to stop pretending that these schools are playing in the same league like it's useless to have Coastal Carolina in the same rankings as Ohio State. They're never going to get into the top four, and they're not playing in the same leagues. They're not playing the same teams. There's 130 teams. FBS is too big. The Power Five has to break off, and the Group of Five can have their own playoff. I think that's better for everyone because they're never getting into the top four. It's never going to happen. You say you're not a fan of going to eight. I don't know if the I don't know if that's what the schools would want. I don't know no, if that's no, what Alabama asking, would again, want. I'm just asking your perfect because it seems like again I don't I don't maybe your scenario happens. I just I, I just kind of want to see eight first before that happens. But I I I would certainly watch that type of playoff system that you you just described. The problem with eight is that Alabama's getting in with two losses every time, and you're really devaluating devaluating d. De- Devaluing, devaluing, devaluing the regular season when you do that because 
And with two losses, Alabama, you know, you know, like out, like Ohio State's getting in every single time with two losses. Listen, I'm all for chaos. Let's go back to the old way. Everybody goes to random bowl games. The best two teams don't even match up, and a bunch of old ass white dudes just vote for who they think the best team is, and like chaos ensues. It was hysterical the way they did it, and it worked. And teams could so claim you know national teams could claim titles, yeah. and oh, oh yeah, we won. We're the we're 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 the we're the winners. And That's make how it this works. you could make it like a show. Like you could make you would have all the voters. Like reveal their votes live. Yeah, do on it TV. like the, the way we did the electoral college the other day. <laughs> Just you, you are awarding your your vote to X team, and that would be awesome. It is, it is kind of crazy that the America picks its president basically on the old poll system, right? Like, there's not even a playoff. It's just like we're just going to let a bunch of people choose the president and ignore the 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 will of the people. This got serious. <laughs> I was supposed to be a joke about football, but okay. Wow, this got weird, Adam. I think, Max, we... I think Max agrees with me on this one. <laughs> I All mean, right, I'll stop. I uh, mean, what? I mean, I don't. I, I, I don't know how. I don't know where we're going. I don't know. Like, I mean, you, you're making like a, a, a fair political point, I suppose, about the antiquated nature of the electoral college and the weirdness of the U.S. electoral system. Adam, actually, this is. I, I want to ask you this real quick. Wait, wait. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I cut you off for a sure, second? Sure, go ahead. Better off, how much cooler would politics in the election be if we essentially had like an eight politician playoff and we had to vote them through each round until the general election? That is like the primaries, but it's like, you know, just like open it up. You know, you'd have like Ted Cruz versus Pete Buttigieg. Well, I mean, poll system is basically let's do, let's do ranked choice voting. That's basically your 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 poll. No, that but like the first round, you've got like Trump against Andrew Yang, like that, like the, like <laughs> yeah. like uh, like you know, and, and all like, this. It's, it's wacky. Yang oh, show up. Can, can 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 Yang pull the upset? Of course, he can't pull the upset in the first round. But maybe, yeah. but maybe you know that would it would be I mean, it would be fun. I mean, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I think we should make this happen for twenty twenty five. We'll try. The Eds. What, uh, what was your question that you have for me? Uh, I just, if you, because uh, your wife's from England, have, have you, like, explaining things about, like, the American electoral system or, like, sp- like the way things work here, do you have any, like, like this things that, like, she just didn't get and this weird stuff that goes no. on in America? I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, trying to explain the electoral college and everything and how our voting works. That was, you know, again, at the end of the day, she was like, I just care if so-and-so wins, which is fine. But she really doesn't have that much of a leg to stand on because have you ever watched a session of British Parliament? Because it's, it's amazing. It's crazy. And it is yeah. nuts. It is just scr- screaming in only English for hours upon hours. And it's it's amazing. There's a guy dressed in full on robe and the wigs. <laughs> it's fantastic. I have not. Yeah. I have not seen that. I, I, Adam, I just started watching The Crown. Uh, we have we have not watched The Crown in the Health God household. Though, speaking of uh, British uh, fanfare we did make a phenomenal english roast dinner over the weekend and uh you know what's not you know what's underrated and i get that they're maybe not that tasteful yorkshire puddings underrated what is that what it's is like it? a it's like a an english popover mm, i like it very good very when good. we can see people again can we come over for a, a yeah, proper english roast yeah let's let's do it okay let's cool. do it cool 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 so I like like I'm generally and, and I know this is going to be a surprise to Mike. I'm fairly antisocial. That's fine. When this shit is over, I'm going to be like 
I, I like I am done with that. Like I, I, I want to see everybody. You go to a bar? I want to see everybody. I don't want to go to a bar because bars. Yeah, suck. don't go crazy. Hold on. Don't but, but like I want to see everybody all of the time. I want to see people I haven't seen, and I, I want to see people I didn't want to see before the pandemic. Like I, I'm thinking about old friends, people, people I haven't seen like for ten years. I wanted to see everybody. I'm yeah. going to be, I want to become, I want, and, and once you know, everything goes back to normal, I'll probably go right back to not wanting to see these people. But right now I'm just like, I want to see everybody. What's, what's the worst thing that you can think of that you would go to that there would be no chance in hell you would go to under normal circumstances? Oh, that's I think such like a high a school reunion. No, no, I, I still wouldn't go to that. Um, that is such a good question. A, a Rutgers lacrosse game? No. <laughs> well, that's okay. We'd be plenty social distance there. <laughs> oh man, just taking them out, taking out the Rutgers lacrosse team. I don't. That that is a really that is a, that is such a good question. Like the last, the place you would never go before, but would go. Like for like, what about like a parade? I hate parades. I'd go to a parade right now. Uh. <sighs> Like times, like I still wouldn't do like Times Square New Year's Eve though. Yeah, I, I don't want to wear a diaper. That would still be a bit too much for me. Yeah. I mean, do you want to stand in the same place for ten out? No. Did they have that this year? No, I don't think they are. No, they can't because of. I mean, oh yeah, there's no. Well, we still need to have New Year's pandemic. That's well, yeah, the, the the clock is it's still they going it to roll this year. over. Well, they did for 2019, Mike, <laughs> but 2020, I don't recall what they. Uh, 2021, I don't recall what they did yet. I still, you know what? And we can end the podcast on this. I have been advocating for this for years. The technology's there. I want a hologram of Dick Clark on New Year's Eve. I miss Dick <laughs> Clark. Where is my Dick Clark hologram? Pay the players. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's more. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's more. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's more. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's more. Bells will ring, tingling, 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 tingling. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's more. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's more. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's more. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's more. Bells will ring, tingle-ling-a-ling, tingle-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling, and you'll sing these up When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's more. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's more. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's more. 
world seems to shine like you've had too much wine. That's the morning. 